We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core. This is Rick Green filling in for Walker Wildman. The phone number to call today is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Thanks so much for listening to American Family Radio and for tuning in this afternoon, specifically at this time, because I am thrilled to get to share a little bit with you and take your calls and chat with you if you got comments or questions. Please call in. We would love to hear from you. And I want to just start off by giving you some good news. You know, I typically do the good, the bad, and the ugly. So we'll do a little bit of all three today. And I want to start with some good. I I, I got a little bit of hope uh, throughout the last couple of days because I'm I'm at uh, Colorado Christian University in Colorado hosting a Patriot Academy Leadership Congress. And what that means is we've got young people here. 16 up to 25 years old, and they are they are learning how the system works. They're learning what the Bible says about being a good citizen. They're actually fulfilling the role of a legislator. So they're all, you know, dressed up and doing a mock legislative session, passing bills, killing bills, learning how to identify good laws and bad laws with a biblical worldview. And we teach them with the lift principles, limited government, individual liberties, free enterprise, and timeless truths. If those sound like things you would like to see restored in the culture, PatriotAcademy.com is the place to go, but uh, today the place to be is Colorado Christian University. That's where we've got these young people for our first Patriot Academy in Colorado, which is kind of a, it's a unique state. You know, it's, um, it's, it's of course, was, was, was well known for passing the marijuana laws and turning very blue after being uh, re- really a red state. And uh, now I'd say they're still blue, but there is a ton of pushback in this state. You know, if you think about Colorado, I mean, Colorado Springs, how many ministries are based in Colorado Springs? Of course, focus on the family was the with the big 800-pound gorilla for years and years and years, focused there, and so many, uh, so many other ministries there as well. And so there's a lot of people in Colorado pushing to change things here. I remember coming here, goodness, I don't know how many times I've been up here for constitution classes. I've, I've hosted classes at, at churches here and and we got a ton of Constitution coaches in Colorado hosting local classes. So there is something happening in Colorado, a bit of a revival up here for freedom and, and uh, you know, frankly, revival of, of loving God's word and diving back in and, and finding out what the answers are in, in his instruction manual. So I just wanted you to know, as listeners all across the nation, uh, that this is happening in communities across America. If, you, if you're in a position right now where you're watching the news and you're seeing all these things happen, you're seeing our... Our federal government completely out of control. You're seeing our, our, our White House just um, come up with a crazy idea every other day, it seems like, if not every day. You're watching the uh, culture quite literally crumble right before your eyes, and you're saying, man, what can we do? Well, first of all, I'd say get into God's Word, because when you read, especially when you read the Old Testament and you read the trials of the tribulations and victories and defeats of the children of Israel, it's not that different from ours. I mean, they had their ups and downs for sure. But there was a pattern, and I think we see the pattern as our culture is crumbling. It's the same pattern. They rejected God's law, and then they had to suffer the consequences. And then they would rediscover God's law, and they would live with the benefits of putting God's law back into the culture over and over and over again. 
And this is probably the, I think it's difficult for us to get our hands around it in America because we've been so grounded for so long as a nation. I mean, we were, we were founded upon Judeo-Christian values. It permeated the culture. It was, some historians say, the atmosphere they breathed was Christianity. So the Bible was such an important part of America for 200 years. And not that we didn't have problems and sin and, and murder and, and drunkenness and, you know, all, all the same sinful things that you have anywhere there are human beings, but we had less of it because the culture rejected it and the, and, and the culture looked down upon it. And, and, and so you, you just have this natural tendency if, if the culture is saying uh, biblical ideas and the culture is reinforcing I mean, let's just be simple about it. The Ten Commandments is basically all throughout politics, education, the pulpit, entertainment. All of those things are all saying murder is wrong, light is wrong, adultery is wrong, honor your father and mother. Uh, you know, all, all of that is just constantly all around you as a culture. When that happens, it, it seeps in. I mean, even to a non-believer, it influences them to want to live in that way. So you have less of the bad and the ugly and you have more of the good when you do things God's way. I mean, I know that sounds simplistic. It sounds uh, to some people that that may not have studied these things. That may even sound naive to them. Oh, Rick, you can't just, you're not going to get rid of, you know, mass murderers and 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 all of these crazy incidences that are happening just because you put the Ten Commandments on on a wall in a school. Guy, guy said that the other day. I was on a on a talk show and and we were basically, you know, debating this issue of, of how do you, what do you do to stop or at least limit or reduce mass murder incidences. And, and, uh, and I was making the argument, you know, making a lot of second amendment arguments, uh, first of all, tactically to, to have more sheepdogs there to defend the sheep when it happens. But I also made the argument that, you know, look, we've, we've said as a culture, we don't want God in the culture. We don't want right and wrong in the culture. We, uh, we, we had a Supreme court opinion in 1980 called Stone v. Graham that, that essentially rejected God and said it would be, uh, potentially cause brain damage to a child if you taught the Ten Commandments in schools. I mean, it's just ridiculous what the what the court said. And so we took the Ten Commandments out, which means we took away right and wrong and took away the system that our, uh, frankly, our, our justice system, our, our moral system, everything in America was built upon. So if you pull that out of the education system, you have to expect that in the next generation, they're not going to have those values. The philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. And that quote's attributed to Lincoln. We don't can't really find it in an original writing, but that's who it's often attributed to. But, the, but that philosophy is real simple. Whatever you're teaching the kids today, you're going to see it in the culture tomorrow. If you're teaching the kids today that there is no right and wrong, all uh, everybody has their own truth, all ideas are equal, the, the only thing that's wrong is to, to get caught, and even then that's not wrong. If you're teaching them to 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 uh, despise religion, despise their parents, despise the old traditions of the country, then then what what do you expect? You're going to end up with a crumbling culture because they're going to turn into Marxists and they're going to tear down the previous generation's values. They're going to tear down the walls. They're going to tear down the fences. They're going to tear down the things that were built for them, tearing down the very foundational things that that were built for them. So this is not complicated. It's not rocket science. It's all the way back to Deuteronomy. Put the good stuff in, you get good stuff out. Put the bad stuff in, you get bad stuff out. Garbage in, garbage out. You know this. You, you know this in your own personal life, right? If you're spending all your time watching Hollywood stuff, that's just, I mean, it's just, you know, decadence. It's just all about who's cheating on who and who's killed who and 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 uh, who stole from who and, and all the bad stuff, right? If that's what we're consuming in our brains all the time, 
then we're going to end up being a part of that. If, if we're consuming good stuff, if we're around people that are um, also seeking God's favor and seeking to do God's will and, 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 and seeking to know how the instruction manual works, when you're around those kind of people and that's what you're focused on, and that's the good stuff going into your brain, then you personally feel better. You're, you're more joyful. You're, you, you, you can do exactly as we, we heard in the opening to, uh, to the program. Uh, you can count it all joy when you experience these trials and that suffering and the, and the bad things that happen. You actually get through those things and become stronger. But if you don't have that good stuff going into your brain and going into your heart and all you have is this trash that we're teaching in our schools and the trash that's coming out of our our cultural elites and in, in Hollywood and everything else in the in the culture, including from our politicians, if that's all you get, then when the bad stuff hits, when the ugly stuff hits, man, you're depressed. Suicides go up. Uh, depression goes up. Addictions go up. So what am I saying? I'm kind of rambling, but what I'm trying to say is when, when we have yet another mass murder event, this time in Tulsa at a hospital, um, I, I can tell you that I I have many times walked into a hospital or a doctor's office where they have a, in Texas, it's a it's a 30-06 sign, what we call it, 30.06, and it says you cannot carry your concealed weapon in that building. And every time, I mean, when I'm going to visit a, a, a friend that's there or, or maybe even for an appointment myself, I... I, I mean, I get I get righteously angry, and I think, why in the world would you disarm the sheepdogs? Why would you say to a guy like me that trains multiple times all year long and also trains other people, and, and God forbid I'm ever in the situation, I don't want to be, but if I was, hopefully my training, Lord willing, would kick in and I'd be able to stop the threat. Why would you say to guys like that, we don't want you to be able to stop the threat. Why would you disarm citizens? Now, I, I got to say, I don't know the rules at this hospital. I don't know if they had a, uh, if you weren't allowed to carry. I don't know if there was, you know, there's not enough that, that that's come out yet. This just, you know, just happened uh, yesterday. So I'm just saying that most of the hospitals that I've been to in Texas, they do not allow you to concealed carry. So they are disarming the very people that could stop a nut job like this guy that goes in there yesterday and kills four other people and then himself. That makes no sense to me. So, so when another one of these stories happens and you see the headlines over and over again, you may be trying to fall into despair. The enemy wants you to fall into despair. And what I want to say to you today is don't fall for it. Don't do it. Don't let the enemy use this evil to take away your joy, to take away your hope, to take away your focus on doing the things of God and whatever God's called you to. Instead, when these things happen, we should always be saying, first and foremost, God, what are you trying to teach us? How do we learn through these trials? And then where are we not applying your word correctly? Where are we not applying the instruction manual? Because here's the really good news, folks. There are answers to everything we are facing in God's word. So if we're in there, if we're diving in and we're studying those things, if you're reading the Bible cover to cover every year, so you're continually coming back to those things, you will find the answers to all these things we face. Right now, it's cultural stuff, right? we got these major, big cultural problems that, 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 that you know, I mean, I would I would argue that a lot of this is, is the psychological response to the garbage in the culture, the psychological response, frankly, to a lot of the shutdowns and the lockdowns. We created all kinds of psychological issues, not just with the kids, but with adults. And I mean, even even that kid in, in, in Uvalde, I mean, there's no question they're, they're saying that, that the, the lockdowns and the, and the school shutdowns and everything had a lot to do with his spiraling uh, down. So that, you know, there, there's cultural things that are causing a lot of these problems, and then there's just personal, tactical, you know, decisions that that need to be made 
different, but but there's answers to all of it. The big ones, the policies for the for the community, the laws that we pass, the things that we teach, there are answers in God's word for that. And we'll get some of that. Then there's answers for us individually. What am I supposed to do here? And I I I think one of the things that needs to be addressed right now, because you've had you know, uh, Buffalo and then Uvalde and now, um, uh, and of course, West Virginia, which was a good ending where only the bad guy died because there was a sheepdog with a ponytail, a lady with a firearm that stopped the threat before he could kill the 40 people at this, this graduation party. Um, and then, and, and now you have Oklahoma. So this is in the news. It's everybody's thinking about it. They're, they're, they're talking about it. And, and so I think we have to start approaching this and say, okay, what is, what do I do as a Christian? How do I respond to this? Because there are some people in the Christian community that are now saying we should be pacifists. They, they actually, they've said that for a long time. They think you should not arm yourself. You should not learn to defend yourself that, uh, that you just pray. I mean, you just, that, that all you do is pray. Now I tend to think faith without works is dead. I think we pray of course. Uh, but as John Hancock, uh, the guy that was in charge of the continental Congress, whenever we did the declaration of independence, he was president of that Congress at the time. Um, he said, I urge you by all that is dear, by all that's sacred, by all that's honorable, not only to pray, but to act. And actually, we're also told that, that when you know what to do, you know the godly thing to do and you don't do it, that's sin. Or, or as Bonhoeffer said it in, in uh, 1930s Germany, he said that silence in the face of evil is evil itself. Proverbs 27, 12 says that you're a fool if you, if you walk blindly on when there's danger, that you're a wise person when you take precautions, when you, when, when you foresee that danger and take precautions. So I think biblically, we've got a responsibility to respond to these mass murder events with, with a lesson on what the Bible says about self-defense and what we should be doing for our own families and for our own homes to, to protect those things. And then also culturally, what should we, how, how do we be salt and light in this, on this issue? Um, and, and, and you may say, well, that's a Romans 13 thing. Just obey whatever the government says. Guess what? That's you. <laughs> you are the government in this country. So you can't just put it off on the politicians. You got to say, okay, Lord, how do I how do I render unto Caesar what is Caesar's on this issue? How do I do Caesar well? Because I'm Caesar. We, the people, are Caesar. So how do I do that on this issue? Well, you got to go to God's word to do that. You got to go to history and look at the things we've seen in history that work and don't work. And then, of course, our Constitution that we currently have is the law of the land, supposed to be anyway. And as I've said on the show many times, we have a constitution that's replaced it. But bottom line is that's what we're going to do. Biblical, historical, constitutional perspective. How do we as believers respond to a decaying culture? How do we pick up the pieces and start rebuilding the walls as Nehemiah did? I'm going to take your calls when we come back. You can call in at 888-589-8840. I'm Rick Green. You're listening to AFA at the Court. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. According to a new nationwide survey conducted by Dr. George Barna, Director of Research at Arizona Christian University's Cultural Research Center, only slightly over 37% of American pastors have a biblical worldview. The majority, 62%, adhere to a hybrid worldview known as syncretism. And the numbers are even more startling when you consider surveyed children's pastors and youth pastors. It showed only 12% of them have a biblical worldview. No wonder our nation is what it's become. This evidence demonstrates that America's greatest need is repentance, and that repentance must start in the house of God. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association.
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. In the early 80s, researchers found that children living in poverty heard 30 million fewer words by the age of three than those from middle-class families. In more recent years, the study's true accuracy has been taken into question, so while it may not actually be a 30 million word gap, the concept remains an interesting one. Children who are exposed to more words early in childhood create a firm educational foundation. As a former teacher, I find this fascinating, but as a Christian, I find it even more compelling. Imagine how impactful it is for a child to actually hear scripture in her life. I encourage you to read your Bible aloud today and invest in your daughter's educational and spiritual foundation. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. You can learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Introducing AFA Streaming a new online platform that hosts all AFA-produced video content, including documentaries, church curriculum, American Family Radio shows, and our Cultural Institute series. The Constitution only works in the atmosphere of Christianity. Critical race theory and intersectionality are new religious frameworks. The Christian must say, as Paul said to the Galatians, There is no new gospel. AFA Streaming is a vital step that we are taking to fulfill our vision to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. You'll find top-notch resources that address the issues of our day related to marriage, family, the sanctity of life, and many others. Start streaming today, streaming.afa.net. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core. I'm Rick Green filling in for Walker Wildman. Website for me is PatriotAcademy.com. That's also where you can learn more about that program. I was telling you about at the top of the hour. It's called Patriot Academy's Leadership Congress. That's where I'm located right now, actually, in Colorado, doing our first leadership congress here with a bunch of young people, 16 to 25. They are living the life of a legislator for the week and then also learning biblical worldview. And we teach it with an acronym called LIFT, Limited Government, Individual Liberties, Free Enterprise, and Timeless Truths. If you use that paradigm, that plumb line, if you will, to measure everything against, you'll figure out if things are good ideas, bad ideas, what kind of things they'll produce in the culture. I was just teaching last night, actually. I thought I'd, thought I'd share this on the air. I was just teaching them about this whole idea on individual liberties that that you should be able to decide as a free person what you participate in and, and, and with your rights of conscience that fall under those individual liberties. We think of freedom of religion, freedom of, of, of speech, freedom of assembly. Those are all part of your rights of conscience. What does is, what is your belief system say that you should do with your time? Who should you be hanging out with? What are the things you should support? And, and one of the things we taught the kids last night, and, and this is this one's a tough one with this culture because they've been so uh, just inundated with the, if you really love, then you'll, ex- you'll celebrate, not just accept, you'll celebrate everybody's truth. You'll, you'll, you'll love them no matter what. And love means that you will not in any way tell them what they're doing is wrong, and you will actually participate in what they're doing. 
And so as legislators, since they are participating in a legislative uh, process, they have to decide what what are the laws going to say about that? And, and here we are in Colorado. I couldn't help but think about the baker here in Colorado that had the case that went all the way to the Supreme Court. Uh, Jack Phillips actually multiple times had to take this thing all the way to the Supreme Court because he was being forced by the state. Now just let this sink in. Forced by the state to participate, to take his gift as a baker and participate and use his skills and his tools and his gift to participate in something that absolutely violated his conscience. Now, he was not at all against baking a cake to sell to someone that happened to be of a different religion or no religion or homosexual or not homosexual. None of that mattered to him. But it did matter if he was asked to make a cake that was specifically a wedding cake for homosexuals that was going to be part of a homosexual ceremony, a homosexual wedding ceremony. In that case, now you're asking him to participate in something that violates his conscience. It's the same as asking a photographer or demanding that a photographer provide those wedding uh, services to a ceremony that violates their conscience, goes against their religion. It's something that the Bible clearly says is not right, and now you're at, you're forcing them to participate or build a website uh, for, for a wedding that is, violates their conscience. All of those cases that are happening still all over the country, flowers, you name it, that whole concept comes down to rights of conscience. Should you be forced to participate? And, and you know, I told the kids yesterday, I was like, you know, you got to think about this. You've always been told, hey, you know, Jesus would just love everybody. I mean, even even when this case first went to, I mean, I have pictures of, of churches having signs that say Jesus would have baked the cake. Really? Would Jesus provide the needles and drugs to an addict? Would Jesus provide the, the would, would he have turned, instead of turning the water into wine at a, at a wedding of a man and a woman that's biblically sanctioned, would he have, you know, provided the hotel room for a man and woman committed adultery? Would he have turned water into whiskey at an alcoholic rehab facility? In other words, would Jesus encourage, enable, celebrate, even participate in our actions if they're sinful and destructive and bad for us? Of course he wouldn't. That's, that's a crazy idea. But we're so blinded right now, so deceived in the culture that that love means whatever somebody wants to do, you do it even if it violates Scripture. And so what I said to the kids, I said, look, you, you have to start thinking about this as a follower of Christ. If we're, we're truly following Christ and obeying and following his commands, we have to say, should we encourage, enable, celebrate, even participate in actions that are sinful and destructive and bad for people in our lives and, and the people that we love? And of course, the answer is no. And that, and that was, that's why Jack Phillips refused to participate in those things. And and from a le legislative perspective, think about it this way. If you were, <laughs> I always, I, I give away that I'm a child of the 80s when I'm at these youth leadership conferences, because I, I pulled up a picture of Lionel Richie. And I said, if you, because, you know, I, I grew up on Lionel, you know, Lionel Richie and, and, and 80s music. And so I pull up a picture of Lionel Richie and I say, what if Lionel Richie, and then I show a picture of, of a KKK rally. I say, what if Lionel Richie was asked by a KKK group to come sing a song, the national anthem, whatever, at their KKK rally. And they said, we want you to provide your service, your good, to our event, our rally, our ceremony, even though it violates your conscience, you have to do it. Should he have to do that? And of course, everybody immediately gets it, right? And they're like, oh, of course not. I mean, why? you can't ask a, a black singer, force them to go sing at a KKK rally or a white, some other kind of white supremacist rally, that would violate his conscience. That would be absolutely wrong. He's participating in something he clearly does not believe in. You can't ask a white singer to go sing at a white supremacist rally when they're not a white supremacist and they hate that stuff and they, it violates their conscience. Why in the world can you force people to bake a cake, 
take a picture, uh, participate, use their skill, their talent, their God-given purpose in life for something that violates their religious, closely held religious beliefs. Well, thankfully, the Supreme Court has ruled on this multiple times and and said you can't. Uh, another case actually coming before the Supreme Court on this soon. But I, I just I, I had to share that with you because we were teaching it last night at this leadership congress. It was good to see these young people, the light bulb come on, and for them to understand the rights of conscience and our Constitution matter. In fact, it was the fundamental number one reason people came to America. It was what this idea of freedom was about, that you could live and work and, 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 and uh, participate in life according to your beliefs. I couldn't make you do things against your closely held religious beliefs. So that all came uh, as a part of individual liberties and the things that we, they were teaching or that we were teaching last night. So be encouraged to know there's a remnant being raised up that gets this stuff, that's passionate about it. In fact, our graduates from our leadership Congress are now serving in, in, in all kinds of places. They're in, they're in uh, state legislatures across the country as reps and senators, they're campaign managers, chiefs of staff, they're, they're running businesses, they're in the pulpit, they're, uh, they're making movies, they're in music, they're in every area of the culture, and they're taking those biblical values and being good biblical citizens into those arenas with them. And it's a really, really good thing to say. So that's a really long, uh, not really a commercial, but I just wanted you to know and have have hope and know that there is a remnant being raised up. PatriotAcademy.com to learn more. If you'd like to send a kiddo to us uh, this summer, you send us those young leaders, 16 to 25 years old, we'll send you back um, some leaders for your community, those young people that want to want to learn these things. So we've been talking about some of the culture crumbling issues. And of course, the one in the headlines right now and uh, on everybody's mind are these mass murder events. Notice I never say I don't use mass shootings. Mass shooting is what happens when I go to the range and practice. That's a lot of shooting. Uh, that There's nothing wrong with shooting. So let's stop using terminology that demonizes an action that is perfectly legal and ethical and good. Shooting a gun can be a very good thing, whether you're shooting game and you're actually bringing home the meat and, the, and, and being able to feed your family, or you're target shooting, or you're doing sports shooting, or you are taking down a threat. That's a good kind of shooting. That's gun violence on a, a bad per, on a on a bad person that's trying to kill good people. That gun is violent. When you shoot it, man, it it it, it it's violent in your hand. But in that case, gun violence is saving lives. So so shooting itself is not a sin, and nothing wrong with it. Let's stop calling them mass shootings. It's mass murder events. And now we got another one in Tulsa yesterday, as I mentioned in the earlier segment. And so of course the response continues to be take away the guns, take away the guns. It's all the guns' fault. Don't let people get. Listen, I saw this this quote on on. Uh, social media last night, and I wish I could remember who did it, and I'd give them credit, but I can't remember. But they said, making good people helpless won't make bad people harmless. Making good people helpless won't make bad people harmless. That's so good. I mean, that really sums up this whole debate. Disarming law-abiding citizens or making it harder for them to defend themselves is not going to stop the bad guy. It's not going to make the bad guy any less likely to get the weapon. That's not none of these gun laws are going to prevent the bad guys from getting the weapon. A dedicated killer is going to find a way to get that weapon and they're going to find a way to wreak havoc and bring carnage. And the only thing that stops them is if in the moment immediately within seconds there is a trained good guy or good gal with a gun to stop them. We saw that in West Virginia immediately saved lives in in, in Tulsa at this hospital. How long this guy had a, a, it sounds like from what I'm reading about 10 minutes. Even though the police responded as quick as they could, they walked through the door three minutes after he walked through the door. Too late. It's too late. You've got to have someone right there in the moment, which is why, as I said in the earlier segment, I hate it when these hospitals or anybody else disarms me. 
and prevents me from being able to do what the founding fathers over and over again said, keep and bear arms. You need to have that firearm with you wherever you go. And so, you know, apparently in this case, no one had a way to fight back against this guy. And by the time the police got there, it was all over and he had already even killed himself. You know, some people are saying, well, look at all the children that died. These, these, these hacks on television, both politicians and media personalities that say, how many children have to die before these right-wing Republicans will give up their guns? Probably never. They'll never give up their guns. They'll just let the children. What a ridiculous, ridiculous statement. Friends, 10 times, that is not exaggeration, that's the exact number, 10 times as many kids were killed by drunk drivers last year than killed by mass murderers in these incidents. 10 times as many. Now, how are, are these these insensitive people going to keep driving cars? How many how many children are going to have to die before they take away all the cars and shut down the highways? How insensitive of these people to still drive after 220 children were killed by drunk drivers last year? How dare they? I mean, that's the logic of these people. I know logic's a scarce resource right now, but if you take their logic and say because a, a crazy guy goes into a school and kills a bunch of kids, that now everybody in the country is supposed to give up their gun and not be able to stop that bad guy when he comes into their school. It's just illogical and wrong, but they're going to keep on this mantra, folks. You've got a guy in the White House right now that wants to take away even your 9 millimeter. That's how far out these people are. Oh, boy, I'm going to get riled up again, so we probably ought to go to the phones, unless it's going to be a call that gets me even more riled up. Let's see who we got here. 888-589-8840 is the phone number. 888 8840. One more time on the quote, then we'll go to Janet in Texas. Making good people helpless won't make bad people harmless. It's absolutely the wrong approach. All right, Janet in Texas. Where in Texas are you calling from, Janet? Hey, Rick. Hello, hello. Hello. hello? Go ahead. <laughs> are you there? Okay. Yes, uh, ma'am. I was just going to share with you I'm 100% for having the Ten Commandments and a, de a copy of the Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution in every school across America. Uh, our, our kids are growing up not knowing why we are America, but do you know the Ten Commandments is the source, it's the laws, God's laws, is where our laws here in this nation derive from. God's laws, That's the right. Ten Commandments of God. And it, it is healthy, it gives healthy minds, Healthy minds make healthy choices, and healthy choices mm. make healthy bodies. Mm. We need to get back to good, good, what's good for morality. Uh, uh, good teaching, God's laws, is guidance, direction for morality and blessing. And our kids need it, and it is very right for America to be able to have that. I am um, involved with it. It's called the Ten Commandments U.S. Historical Monument Project here in the Panhandle Panhandle of Texas. We've got 11 counties now have them. Um, 10 on courthouse lines, one on a veterans memorial grounds. Two more are fixing to be approved, I believe. Wow. I haven't talked now to Now, wait, Janet, Janet, say, that, uh, say the name of the group again. So, okay. One more time. It's a project called the Ten Commandments U.S. Historical Monument Project. Each right. one of these going, monuments sir. have the Ten Commandments at top and then quotes from our founding fathers and other U.S. historical information around all four sides of each monument, making them U.S. historical monuments. 
Now, is this is this the one that uh, my buddy Jason Rapert in, in Arkansas is a legislator there? He started something similar to this. Do you know if that's the same one? Do you know what? I met Sarah Huckabee Sanders at a, uh, a it was at a uh, beef conference uh, deal, and I told her, I said, Sarah, I sent your daddy a whole packet regarding this project. And I think she might have got the rest of the info from her, her dad and gave it to Mr. Raper, I think. Oh, I love it. I love it. That, that is so cool. You know, we have, and you've probably been there, but it, it, at the Texas Capitol, we have a beautiful uh, Ten Commandments. Actually, it was a case that went all the way up to the to the Supreme Court over, over having the Ten Commandments there, and we won that one. But um, I love this idea. I think this is fundamental to turning the culture back around. And Janet, so you are doing these all over the panhandle in Texas. Well, anybody out there that wants to get involved, uh, I'll send out packets to whoever wants one. And uh, oh, that's, that's what great. we got two counties. That, there's one, and I, I speak be- before commissioners telling them, and it's very fitting for America. I mean, you know, because yeah. we need to know why we have America. And where our laws derive from, God's laws, the Ten Commandments of God. And it's very healthy, and that's why I think a lot of children are missing everything. And they need the good truth taught. Yeah? Amen. Oh, I love it, Janet. God bless you for what you're doing. Now, how can people, if they want to get a packet from you, what's the best way to reach out to you? You know what? I would like for you to give your info to the guys there, and I can call them. And I can get, okay. I'll give you that. Yeah. I'll okay, give, so, if so you they can, can give your info to them, I will get uh, from one of the girls or whoever there. And just let the guys there that answer the phones know that um, they, I call so much, they say, oh, I think I've talked well, to you before. <laughs> so I'm pretty Oh, Janet, sure. that's great. You know, I love it. And I, and I did find Jason Rapert's uh, email, um, um, website on this just now, AmericanHistoryAndHeritage.org, AmericanHistoryAndHeritage.org. Dot org and uh, and same like you said, Janet, folks can call in and then they can uh, get your your contact info and get one of the packets. I love this kind of stuff. I I, I love in God we trust America. Uh, that is a fantastic organization. Carolyn's gotten I forget now hundreds and hundreds of, of school boards, city councils, commissioners with an in God we trust logo on their dais or on the wall behind them to remind us exactly as Janet's talking about. That's what this nation was built upon. Our faith and our trust is in God. Our, our, our method of, of having a good political and economic structure comes from the Bible. Our, 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 our political ideas are actually biblical ideas. And the foundation of our law is exactly what Janet said. It is the Ten Commandments, and it needs to be restored. I urge you to watch the videos on the Ten Commandments at PragerU.com. That's another great resource for you to use as well. Such a good call, Janet. Thanks so much. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and get your other calls when we come back from the break. 888-589-8840. You're listening to AFA at the Core. The AFA Resource Center has all your favorite items. Everything from books, movies, shirts, and even hats. Introducing AFA's polyester and twill hats, starting at just $18. Whether you're into fashion, a collector, or you're just having a bad hair day, these hats are just what you need. You can buy one for yourself or a friend. Purchase your AFA hat today at resources.afa.net. 
What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe true morality flows from biblical principles and directs people to the manner in which God intends them to live. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us as we seek to stop the erosion of godly values. In a world where no one can tell us no. To this day, every human being born on this planet is the product of a male and a female. That's the way God set it up. God created us in His image. A place where Facebook and YouTube have no control. I think the command in scripture relative to men and women is not mainly women sit down, but men stand up, act like men, lead as you're supposed to. A place where we can no longer be canceled. When the scripture speaks, God speaks. And if you understand that rightly, then everything else simply falls into place. The American Family Association presents the AFA streaming platform. Just visit streaming.afa.net for the latest films, documentaries, and AFA original productions. You'll even find videos from some of your favorite talk shows. All you have to do is create a free account at streaming.afa.net. The Raising Godly Boys Minute with Mark Hancock. For if you've ever played golf, you're probably familiar with the term mulligan. That's a fancy word that simply means do-over. If you're on the tee and you slice the ball off into the trees, you might shout, Mulligan! You're basically saying you want a second try. Wouldn't it be great if you could get a parenting mulligan every once in a while? Maybe you chose your favorite TV show over spending time with your son, or maybe you reacted impatiently during a moment of frustration. Even though you can't have a parenting mulligan, you can always start fresh from where you are. The key is to purpose in your heart to do a better job and then ask the Lord for strength and wisdom to follow through. For more encouragement and parenting advice, visit Trail Off USA or RaisingGodlyBoys.com. Free help in Raising Godly Boys is at RaisingGodlyBoys.com. 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 AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core. Rick Green filling in for Walker Wildman. My website is patriotacademy.com. Patriotacademy.com. That's a place where you can learn more about this youth leadership program we're doing this week in Colorado. We've got another one coming up next week in Boise, Idaho. And then we also have uh, Phoenix, Arizona, Dover, Delaware, Tallahassee, Florida. And, of course, the big one, of because everything's bigger in Texas, the big one will take place in Austin, Texas, first week of August. But throughout the summer, we're going to be really working to raise up that new remnant, that that remnant that is, is rising, that has biblical values. They're good speakers and debaters. They're learning all the skills they need to persuade the culture, to turn us back. I talked at the top of the hour about the crumbling culture in America the good news is we can pick up those pieces and start rebuilding. This can be just like Nehemiah. We need to be rebuilding right next to our homes, in our communities. And you can be the catalyst for rebuilding those that that those principles of liberty, restoring those biblical values. The easiest way to do that is to become a constitution coach with us. Actually host a class in your home or at your church. 
We call it Biblical Citizenship in Modern America, and we hit all the top, hot topics of, uh, of the day from a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective. You don't have to know anything about any of that. You just got to get the people in the room and hit play and let the videos do the teaching. And then when the video's over, the magic begins, the conversation with you and your friends and family and neighbors talking about what you can do to turn your culture around right there in your community. If you'd like to join our conversation today, the phone number is 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Call with your comments or questions. We've been talking about, once again, another mass murder, not mass shooting, wrong words. Mass shooting, nothing wrong with that. You do that at the range when you practice. A mass murder event, once again, uh, yesterday in Tulsa. And so, of course, the the political hacks are out talking about it's all the gun's fault. We need to take away the guns. So as we said earlier, making good people helpless, which is what you do when you disarm someone and you don't let me walk into that hospital with my firearm on my hip or into that movie theater or wherever it might be. When you disarm me, you're making good people helpless and making good people helpless will not make bad people harmless. In fact, it does the opposite. It invites the danger. It tells the wolf where to go. The nut job that went up to Buffalo, he picked out that grocery store in that community because he believed there would be no one there armed to fight back and even said if they were because of New York's terrible gun laws, they will only have a few rounds in their magazine because of these absurd, illogical, irrational, quote unquote, high capacity magazine bans. By the way, folks, High Capacity Magazine is a regular capacity magazine. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, so anyway, all of that to say, folks we got to keep our focus on the right thing, and that is what does the Bible tell us as Christians to do, to be prepared, to take precaution, to be the wise person, not the fool, Proverbs 27, 12, to make sure that we know. Uh, in fact, as we're rebuilding the wall, I didn't even think about this until now, as we're rebuilding the wall, when I say we're rebuilding the culture, when you're rebuilding liberty, you're picking up the rubble and, and rebuilding. How did they do that in Nehemiah's day? When they were threatened, when they saw danger, they took precaution. What did they do? They had a trowel in one hand, and what was in the other hand? That's right. That's right. An AR-15. You got it. They had a trowel in one hand and an AR-15 of their day, which was a sword. So it's silly, of course, for government to take away your right to have that sword in one hand and trowel in the other. Let's rebuild the culture with biblical values. The Ten Commandments that Janet was talking about needs to be taught in every school. The, 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 the national motto in God We Trust should be hanging uh, on every school, reminding our children that there is a God, that that's the source of our freedom, and that we have government in order to protect those freedoms. And the government only gets its power directly from us. So teach the Declaration, teach the Constitution, having God we trust, and make sure the Ten Commandments is back on the wall. Tell the federal government you're not going to let them dictate to your local schools what they can or can't do. You're not going to take the Ten Commandments out because of this silly Supreme Court decision in 1980 called Stone v. Graham. It's time to stand up against that nonsense and retake our culture. If you'd like to be a part of the conversation, 888-589-8840. And the next caller is, let's see, I had it right in front of me, and then I lost it. It's Amy in Virginia. Amy in Virginia. Amy, thanks for calling in. What's your question or comment today? Well, I was just listening to you a few minutes ago, and you were talking about how the left keeps saying, you know, um, gun control and how many kids are going to have to die before we do something. How many kids are going to have to die in the womb before these pro-abortion uh, lefts are satisfied. Yeah, yeah. 
And, uh, of course, they would say that's just a blob of tissue. That baby that could survive outside the womb. I mean, look how early we can save those babies now if there's a complication and and they're now outside the womb. And they, it's life, and it should be protected, and you are exactly right. And they are deluded. They not only want to be able to take those lives in the womb, they want to be able to take those lives after they're born. Now we've had multiple states that have had legislation saying up to 28 days after the baby's born that you should be able to kill that baby. Folks, this is a Romans 1 situation. We've lost our minds. We, we, this is a culture that has been so deceived that it would, it, would, it would push an agenda like that, being able to quite literally sacrifice children. This is a Baal and Moloch situation. The only way we take it back, folks, is we bring back God's word. We bring back the Ten Commandments. We bring back his principles that work every time they're tried. When we actually put God's principles into the culture, it's salt. It, it, it preserves the culture. It brings out the best flavor in the culture. When we actually shine the light into the darkness, we dispel the darkness. We dispel evil. But you're not going to push back the evil that is marching across this country right now with a mamsy-pamsy pacifist Christianity. It's not going to work. You're going to have to be a David, a King David. A, uh, think about David and, 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 the, and the way that he was willing to run into battle, the way that he was willing to use his AR-15 of the day which was what? A sling and a stone. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Whoa, sling and a stone. He had five stones. That's too many rounds. That's too much firepower. There should have been a maximum capacity sling law in the day. You know, I mean, maybe one. Now, granted, because he had God's help, he only needed one to take down Goliath. Well, I need to pick up five because he was looking at David's brothers behind him. That's why he knew he might need more firepower. So the AR-15 of his day that sling with incredible accuracy and the ability to have multiple rounds, in his case, five, that he was ready to use. The liberals of today would have disarmed him. Wouldn't have even let him carry that weapon into battle. That's how illogical they are. All right, back to the phones before I get off on this rant too far. Let's see here. We have got Steve in Texas. Back in Texas. Steve, how you doing? Thanks for calling in today. Hey, Rick. I appreciate you taking my call. You bet. Um, question is... Uh, you know, and I mean this is all sincerity. I'm not trying to be divisive or anything, but, you know, going back to the, you know, the baker and stuff. And so I, I find myself unemployed currently. I lost my job a few weeks ago. And that said, you know, trying to find a job with, uh, with companies that are just, you know, every company it seems is so pro LGBTQ on their webpage, their front webpage. It's like, that's like their culture, right? Um, so whether you're going to be self-employed or go to work for somebody, like in the case of the cake baker, do you take uh, – I understand you don't want to do – I totally agree with what, what they did is not, not allowing somebody to uh, – uh, you know, not wanting to do a bake a cake for somebody who's going to you know, promote homosexuality. Are they taking it far enough is my question. Should, should maybe they say, hey, you know, if you're a Muslim, I'm not, I will be happy to sell you cookies or cake and all that stuff, but I'm not going to do it for a Muslim wedding or somebody that's maybe an atheist, two atheists, two nonbelievers that want to get married if they were to find that out. And they probably don't pre-screen everybody that comes in there, but I'm saying – would you suggest maybe recommending taking even one step further than that? Well, if you, if you take a, a principled approach here, then a free enterprise principled approach and a right of conscience principled approach would say that a business owner should absolutely have the right to refuse service to anyone for any reason. And, and the reason people get nervous when I say that these days is because they immediately think back to the 60s where you couldn't, uh, you couldn't sit at the counter. Black and white could not sit at a counter together. And, and, and that whole situation in Birmingham and in other places was actually, they were passing laws. They were using the government to force businesses to not allow blacks and whites 
to sit together. So it wasn't the business. Now, there were some, of course, but it, the, the real problem was that the law was saying you couldn't sit together. It's, it, it's not the right example for today, because think about today. If you had a business that was refusing business to whites or refusing business to blacks or refusing business to anybody based on color of skin, how long do you think they're going to be in business? There'd be picketers out the next day and the free market would say, we're not going to eat in your restaurant because you're a bigot. And, and we're not going to patronize you. In the same way, you should be able to say, I'm not going to eat in your restaurant or I'm not going to buy clothes from your business because you're supporting things that are tearing down the culture. I do that. I vote with my dollars all the time. I refuse to, to buy things from companies that are that are um, supporting uh, and, and, and tearing up the culture. And I can't always do that. I mean, you almost can't go to a lumber store. I mean, Lowe's and, and, and Home Depot both have given money to, to causes that are anti-biblical. There's not a computer company existing that I know of that doesn't do that. And so I've got a Mac computer and Apple certainly gives a lot of money to the causes that are anti-biblical. So you can't do it all the time. It'd be very, very difficult to do it all the time, but you can certainly vote with your dollars as often as possible. But in the same way, it should be that business's right to do so. So I, I would never be for government saying that Apple computer cannot give money uh, to uh, uh, Black Lives Matters. Uh, it's really black, you know, mafia uh, uh, matters. It's not a, you know, racial, uh, organization. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a racket, man. They, they racked up what, four five, six million dollars. And, and, uh, the, the, anyway, that's a whole other topic, but the whole point is I, I have reasons, uh, for saying that I would not, I don't even give money to, to MLB anymore. I, I used to be a major, major league baseball fan. I took my kids to, we almost made it to all 30 before all this hit 28 of the 30 ballparks. We, you know, love baseball, grew up playing baseball. But when they adopted this Marxist ideology and they copied it onto the MLB website, I said, I will not give you another penny. And that's when it, when our family switched to being UFC fans. And, and now that's our that's our sport. So that's a really, really long answer to your comment, Steve. But I think the rights of conscience and freedom uh, should be absolute for those business owners. The market will put them out of business if they refuse service to people because of color of skin or because of. I don't know what whatever other category that people want to put in, they'd be out of business within days, or they'd be you know nearly out of business for sure. So um, government ought to get out of it. Let the market decide. Otherwise, you end up forcing people to violate their conscience. So it's you, you can't. You got to be letting the bureaucrats or the judges figure out where to draw the line is the wrong place. Let the market draw the line and figure that out. Okay, we got time for maybe one one or two more. Alan in Arkansas. Alan, go ahead. What part of Arkansas are you calling from, man? I am calling from El Dorado, Arkansas. All right, man. I was born in Mabelville, just outside of Little Rock. Shh, don't tell all my Texas friends I'm not a native Texan. This will be just between us. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I just wanted to comment on the uh, gun control issue. Yeah. I, I own, like, four assault rifles, 30-round uh, clips, whatnot, and, and I have no problem – with people owning those, owning these guns, what I have problem with is uh, felons. Uh, just anybody can make one of these guns out of parts. Uh, just simple tools. Now I don't think and, the Democrats and, and really do, wanna. I don't think. Why do you have ahead. a problem with that? Are, are you you're not saying you have well, a problem with people being able to make them? You have a problem. I'm sorry, I I, I shouldn't have. Tried to mind read there. <laughs> where, where were you going with that? What I have the problem with is the access to it. And and the only way that that can prevent the access to it from felons, uh, gang members, uh, crazy people, is to put more regulations on it. 
this is the only way. I mean, I, I, like I said, I own, I, I have guns. I have a whole slew I, of them. Well, let, let me ask but you this, Alan. Everybody Would even that work? One. Does that even work, though? Let me let me just ask you that. You said the only way you could do it, but is there even a way to do it? Is there any law that could be well, passed that would prevent <clears throat> all cases of a crazy guy being able to get an AR-15? Well, just like the kid that did the shooting. He was 18 years old. He went out mm-hmm. and bought the AR-15, the 30-round clips, the ammo at 18 years old. Yep, okay, but, but, but if you pass I mean, a law that says he can't buy at 18, are you saying he couldn't still get a hold of it? My argument is you could pass that law, he can still go get one. He can he can buy one off the street. Well, well, yeah, he yeah, can, yeah. That, that's my point can, too. I mean, I mean, he anybody can, he can, can break get in one. and still. Yeah, no, I think we're saying the same thing. But the, the the point is, there is no law that would stop access. So it's the wrong focus. If we're trying to prevent access for the bad guy, it's the wrong focus. The focus needs to be, how do you arm more good guys? How do you make sure there's always somebody there to stop the bad guy? And I'm not saying you do absolutely nothing. There are there are certain things you can do, but they have to be very, very limited. You have to make sure you're not violating the rights of the law-abiding person because, again, making good people helpless or making it harder for them to be able to arm themselves and defend their family will not stop that bad guy. It's not going to make that bad guy harmless. So we have to be real careful when we start saying, well, my concern is their access to it. There's certain people that shouldn't have access to it. Okay, well, how do you stop that access? You can't. There is no way to do that. All of these little tweaks in the law are big things. Like, what are they saying? The very people that that want to do these things are now saying ban ARs completely, ban nine millimeter, you know, handguns the president wants to do now. So that road leads to nothing but more carnage. It will not stop or minimize or reduce the mass murder events. The only thing that actually works that will actually in the moment or with a particular scenario stop the mass murder event is a good trained good guy or gal with a firearm stopping the bad guy putting some gun violence on the bad guy it's the only thing that works folks now culturally we got to restore the values and then over time we'll have fewer of these events but there's always going to be wolves there's always going to be sheeps and therefore we need to make sure there are more sheep dogs and by the way that is the biblical right of self-defense can be backed up scripturally, can be backed up historically, and backed up constitutionally. That's the angle we should be talking about right now in America, and too often we get sidetracked by these other things. Folks, I've enjoyed being with you this afternoon. Thanks so much for listening to AFA at the Core. I'm Rick Green. Look forward to being back with you next week. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.